I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome everyone to the second episode of Nine Cents. It is I, your humble host, Adam Campbell. I will be taking you through the nine levels of hell tonight on this Saturday night. Listen, I was having a pretty good time out there with uh, some friends that came over to sort of uh, just hang out, have a few drinks, have some dinner, and, you know, chill out. But I went away from all that to come to you, to bring you the one and only satanic perspective of our modern world. That's right, I'm that devoted to you, my audience. I know, it's a gift that not many get in this I would like to say, first and foremost, that I am a Church of Satan member, but I do not speak for the Church of Satan. I'm going to be changing the format a little bit this week. Uh, last week, I ranted on for about an hour, and I think that might have been a little bit too long. After I don't even like to hear myself talk for an hour. So unless I have a guest or a special, <coughs> excuse me, uh, a, a special uh, segment that I'm going to be going over. I'm going to try to condense this show to about 30 minutes, maybe a little bit closer to 45 minutes. But essentially, I just don't want to um, inundate you with my voice, because if you talk too much, it's like I'm talking at you, you're not really getting the gist of what I'm saying, and and I tend to rant, so I'll be trimming these live shows down for podcast release. So I'm going to try to keep them around 30 minutes each. What I learned from last episode was not only not to go on and, and, and bullshit about everything as much as I do, which is pretty hard for someone like me because I like to hear myself talk, or, or one would think I do. Um, in reality, uh, I just, you know, I have a passion about opinion, um, and I guess that leads into me <laughs> liking to hear myself talk. <laughs> Um, uh, so what did I do this week, uh, of any interest? You know, uh, on Friday night, I had, uh, some really good friends over, and actually, at the top of the show, that little quote that you hear that's from, uh, um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, I would like if I may to take you on a strange journey, um, that was dropped by my buddy Rick, I want to send a little shout out to him, thank you for doing that for me, I would like to feature a different person giving me their take on that quote at the beginning of every show. Now, naturally, um, at some point, I'm going to have to start repeating. Um, but if you have something that you want to send in, I would be glad to play it um, at the top of the show. I would be happy to feature you and credit you. Uh, I would also like to take a moment and uh, thank everyone who uh, saw me on iTunes and sent a little shout-out, uh, leaving me a review. Good or bad, I will uh, you know, give you credit where credit's due. Um, this week, it looks like Oh, excuse me. I actually have a little bit of a problem with my podcast. It says clean, but it is very much not clean. So, if you're going to be um, listening to the show thinking that it's going to be um, suitable for everyone aged uh, in your family, think again. This is really generated um, with a mature audience in mind. I'm fixing that problem uh, as we speak. So, it looks like Doodlejuice1... Gave me a uh, fantastic a five star review and uh, Nomad eleven thirty six gave me a five star review. Thank you very much, both of you. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, I hope you're having fun in Texas. That's right. I know where you are. 
Alright, so what are we talking about today? In Devil's Advocate, we're going to be going over magic. That's right, magic. And I ain't talking about no Harry Potter bullshit. I'm talking about real magic. The satanic magic that makes the world go round. I'll uh, go over a brief overview of that. Um, I'm going to intentionally keep it rather vague, but the detail I go into should be suitable uh, for giving anyone a, a basic idea of what it means. Next, uh, in Inferno Informant, I'm going to be going over um, the information about the bully girl in Texas. That's right, we're going right back to Texas. Um, and then I would like to also talk briefly about Mubarak in Egypt um, and uh, my opinion on what that means for the Egyptians. You know, you got to give it, for a culture who lives, um, you know, is on record at like 40,000 years B.C., uh, they just can't break away very easily from that one dictator-ruler thing. And then last, I'm going to open up with Creature Feature. Uh, today, I'm going to uh, give a little pimp shout-out to Californication. Uh, this is a great show, and I'll go into a little bit more depth about it uh, shortly. Today, we're going to be talking about magic. And, and, and what it really means, uh, the reality behind magic, there are a couple different types of magic. Um, so first and foremost, let's, let's talk about uh, the myths around magic in and of itself. I know a lot of people, when they think about Satanism, they think about Hollywood and the way that Hollywood has depicted it in film. Uh, you also may be thinking about a lot of the music that you hear, um, and shit, you may even think about like TV shows or... Uh, video games or board games, and the reality is, is magic isn't really all that magical when you get down to it. Um, the way I like to think of it is magic is, when you boil it down to the most basic elements, energy transference. Quite literally, you're taking uh, energy that you create either through ritual with other people or through your individual will in a specific situation, and you are projecting it to create specific results. So one may be thinking, well, that's not really magic, that's just kind of science and human behavior. Um, you know, the idea of believing in something enough yielding results has actually long been um, a myth. I mean, people in hospitals, you know, if you're a religious uh, Islamic, Judeo-Christian faith, then you believe that praying will yield tangible results. And uh, some people firmly believe that though it cannot be measured, it certainly helps. And even if at the level of just easing the person's nerves um, provides, at the very least, minimal benefit. Satanic magic isn't far from that. Uh, though it is much more focused and directed, uh, the whole idea behind it is that uh, you have two forms of magic. You have greater magic and lesser magic. In greater magic, you're working um, as a cohesive group performing a ritual. Uh, now, I'm not going to go over rituals, um, but if you would like to learn more about um, ritual magic, then I would certainly suggest picking up the uh, Satanic Rituals by Anton LaVey. Um, greater magic, you're looking at, uh, like I said before, groups of people focusing their energy um, directing their combined will for a specific effect, um, and uh, and this is specifically through a scripted ritual. 
you are essentially walking into a decompression chamber where nothing but your individual and collective energy exists. Um, it's a very honored place. It's a very uh, powerful place to be. Some people have problems with uh, ritual in that they don't always get the results that they want. Um, you know, when I was in basic training, uh, I was informed um, through some one of the many monologues of my drills instructor um, that perception is nine-tenths of reality. So how you see the world and how you interact with it is nine-tenths of what it really is. Um, bearing that in mind, there are things that you just cannot change. Um, there are scientific laws that you have to work within that you cannot change. So you may direct your energy to aid someone um, out of a negative situation or to punish someone who has wronged you or a loved one, uh, but that's not necessarily going to um, hold as tangible a result as you would like. What's more important about this is that you exerted the energy that you needed to exert at that moment, and you did what you felt like you had to do as a reaction to that event. That's the most important part. If you keep in mind that things will not always happen exactly the way you deem them to be, if you can keep your head out of the clouds and realize that you are a human being on this earth and that you are not a god, and that you do not command the elements, uh, you will be pleasantly surprised, I think, by what you can accomplish. The other type of uh, magic is lesser magic. This is much more of a common everyday variety that uh, people employ. Influencing other people. Influencing their behavior. Influencing their ideas, the way they think and act. Um, you know, if there's a promotion that you want, you can employ lesser magic um, to convince your uh, boss or your superior that you are, in fact, the one for the job and not the other individuals um, striving for that, that position. If there's a, a woman or a man that you're interested in, you can employ lesser magic to um, be with them. Uh, there's a lot of things, but lesser magic... There's a lot of things you can accomplish with lesser magic, but lesser magic is very personal. It's very individual. It's not something that you do in a group. And it, it's much more, <clears throat> excuse me, it's much more based around human behavior um, and how people perceive cues that you give off. And this can be through scent. This can be through mannerisms. Uh, this can be through speech. Any way you do it, um, a really good resource for lesser magic um, and some greater magic at that would be the Complete Witch, or uh, later published as the Satanic Witch. This goes into great detail about uh, human behavior and the psychology of witchcraft. Really. So essentially that's all I'm going to go over. I know it may just, you know, I just wetted your whistle a little bit there, but... Uh, the fact is, um, 
everyone has to sort of take their own journey in Satanism. I'm not here to um, instruct you on how to become a better Satanist or how to even be a Satanist. That's not my interest. It's not my position. Um, all I'm here to do is sort of disseminate uh, enough information to give you a good idea um, about the individual topic. Uh, so that was it for Devil's Advocate. Let's move on now, for reals this time. And I've got a little drop to show off to the Infernal Informant. What are you, the darkness? Earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. All in the Infernal Informant. <laughs> Alright, so that was the Infernal Informant. It was a little bit goofy, I admit. Um, and I may clean it up later, but I kind of like how it's a little bit raw and a little, uh, little kind of goofy and retarded. You know, let's go immediately into uh, Mubarak and Egypt. Um, since I believe it was January 25th, it was the Egyptians' claim as their uh, the beginning day of their uh, revolution, the Egyptian revolution. Of this year, mind you, they started their peaceful revolution. And they ended it just last week, I believe it was on Thursday, a couple days ago, with uh, President Mubarak stepping down and uh, his second-in-command, the vice president, saying that the military would take over. And there was mass applause and mass cheer and partying for hours after the announcement in um, uh, the square. And, uh, you know, I can't help but think, you know, you trade in one devil for another. Now, I know all the news outlets are saying that the army is of the people, and this is proven by the army not firing on the people when they were trying to overthrow. But I tell you what, if I was uh, the leader of the army, or if I was a member of the council of the leaders of the army, that's exactly what I'd want to do. You get the people on your side, you overthrow the dictator peacefully, you look like the good guy to everyone in the world, including, and most importantly, to your own people, you settle in control, you settle in power, the people are already used to a military police state, quite essentially, and you just sort of rule until another revolt. I got this itchy feeling that that's exactly what's going to happen. You know, they say power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and um, I can't see why these would be any different. And I may be wrong, and I may be a doomsayer, uh, but... You know, the Middle East has been in a bucket of shit for so many years. I just have a hard time believing that Mubarak leaving is anything, any sign of any great progress or anything really wonderful. Uh, you know, history, if we can learn anything from it, repeats itself. And uh, I just don't see this as the freedom that they're claiming. But you know what? They had a win. You know, congratulations to the people. They stood up. Uh, some of them died. Some of them took some really nasty beatings. But they did what they were trying to do. So that's got to count for something, right? You know, whatever. What really pisses me off is when you see fucking pundits uh, on the media outlets, on news shows um, like MSNBC or Fox News, spouting a bunch of rhetoric that, oh, this this is happening. This can just happen here anytime. You know, Egypt was in a dictator rulership with ridiculous restrictions on it for 30 years. 30 years. We have a turnover every four to eight years. So I don't want to hear this, it could happen here. If things are so fucking bad here, 
that these asshats are seriously thinking it's so bad here that there could be a revolt when they're not just going to wait four fucking years or eight fucking years or two fucking years at this specific moment, then get the fuck out, man. If it's so bad, get the fuck out. Because quite honestly, you know, America's not that bad of a place, even when your political opposite is in control. Yeah, they may do things that you don't agree with, and they may piss some people off internationally, but we still have ability to do things that most of the world doesn't in ways that most of the world doesn't. So, you know, you, you, gotta, you gotta boil it down. It's not so fucking bad. So stop your bitching. Stop your whining. Just fucking dig in for two years. Vote the way you want to vote and be done with it. Alright, let's talk about this uh, bullied girl in Texas. So apparently, in Texas, for the last 20 years, there has been a law in the books saying that individual schools have the right to create their own police force. I mean, how fucking big brother can you get? This whole idea of zero tolerance is absolutely mad to me. I understand that you don't want kids bringing guns to school. I understand you don't want people bullied. I understand that, that you don't want uh, uh, people being stabbed in school. Or, or doing drugs in school. I don't want that either. But zero tolerance is not the answer. Educating children is the answer. I'm going to go into specifics about this bullied girl, but I'm going to give you a basic rundown of the way the um, KVUE explained it uh, as the story was released. Uh, they opened up with this, <clears throat> excuse me, this, this sort of chubby, I believe she was 11-year-old girl, in Texas, who um, was fined $150. Literally, she was given a ticket by a police officer for $150, a kid in school, for disrupting her class. Okay, so you can sort of add a lot of things on to that. Oh, well, she was a disruption, and, you know, obviously they had to kick her out, but $150? Send her ass to detention. Send her ass to the freaking... Uh, um, uh, counselor's office. Send her ass to the principal's office. You're paying these people to do a job. Have them fucking do the job. Give her a fucking ticket. What is that going to show? How is that going to teach her anything? But it gets better. This girl, who was the uh, disruptor in this case, who was fined in this case, was <laughs> kicked out of class because she was wearing too much perfume. That in and of itself, I... You know, I kind of understand. If she drenched herself in perfume so much that it was so overwhelming you couldn't breathe, I get why you would kick her out of class. I don't get how finding her for $150 would solve that problem. But it gets even more interesting because the reason why she drenched herself, or actually she described it as squirted a little, but if they kicked her out of class, rational minds have to think that you know, it had to be a little more than the squirt. It had to be so bad smelling that, you know, they couldn't just open a window. So, it had to be so... <laughs> the reason why she did it was because the other kids in her class were telling her that she smelled. So, literally, she was being verbally bullied. She reacted to being bullied in a corrective manner as she saw it. And by... That corrective action that she believed she was taking, she was fined and kicked out of class. 
So the way that uh, some media outlets uh, are portraying this, and they may be right, they may very well be right, they're portraying it as this poor innocent young girl who's picked on, bullied, degraded, tries her best to fit in, and puts on a little bit of perfume, just a little, and that her mean student, co-students, and her mean teacher just had enough with her, kicked her out of class, and the police officer just couldn't handle it, and gave her a ticket. So she's the victim. But I can't help but think, at some level, and this may, again, be because I'm a little bit of a cynical individual, maybe because I've watched too many horror films, this feels a little bit like Carrie to me. I may be crazy, and I don't, I really don't think the story's gonna go anywhere, so I don't think there's gonna be any way to find out for sure. But I can't help but think that this girl did it on purpose. She was being picked on so much, that she put on so much perfume. How could they see it as a bad thing? Unless she did it intentionally, drenched herself in perfume, to sort of shove it down the, oh I smell bad? Oh. I'll give you something to smell. This comes into a satanic principle, something we talked about briefly last week. Vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. If this is what she did, and I can't prove that she did, I hope that she did, just so I would have a little bit of respect for this person that I've never met, um, but through her actions, if this is the case, this is my ideal scenario here. She's being bullied. She reacts by punishing the entire class. She doesn't turn the other cheek. She grins and smashes them. She didn't count on the bullshit ruling of being fined 150 bucks. And even if she did, she still got her fucking point across, you know? She still did exactly what she needed to do. Uh, so, if that was the case, fantastic. Good on her. But I can't help but think, bullying in general is part of the parents' fault. And I know you're going to say, oh, how is it the parents' fault? How can they control how other kids react to their kid? You can provide your child with tools on how... You know, all children's behavior is learned. They're either learning it from television. They're either learning it from their parents. They're learning it from the culture. They're learning it from their immediate society. They're learning from their school and other classmates or their teachers. It's all learned behavior. So if someone's bullying someone, they're seeing it somewhere else, and they're reacting. So you need to provide, as a parent, a way for your children to react appropriately to this bullying. So maybe the girl didn't want to tell her mom that the other kids thought she was smelling, but I'll bet you money that she did. And her mom was just too fucking ignorant to react appropriately and give her the tools that she needed. And this is something that Satanists, we have to do. We can't just let our children walk out there and hope that, you know, we have the best intentions for the rest of society. We're human beings. By our very nature, we are divisive. We find differences in each other before we find similarities. It sucks at times, I know. And it's terrible for kids because they don't know any better inherently within and of themselves. But that's why it's so important for us to recognize that and instruct them. You need to teach your kids wit. You need to teach your kids how to defend themselves if it comes to a physical altercation. We hope it doesn't. 
We hope it doesn't. But if it does, you don't want your kid being the victim. They start a victim, and they will always be a victim. It takes a lot to drag someone out of that. You want your children to be strong. So you need to teach them how to be strong. And I don't think this girl's mother taught her how to be strong. But I gotta tell you, if this was vengeance, very satanic witch thing to do. I can only hope that it was, because I, I think that would just be absolutely fantastic. Alright, um, well, I think that's going to be it for the Infernal Informant. Um, you know, those two stories just sort of uh, stood out to me this week. And next week, you know, we'll figure something else out uh, to talk about, as we do every week. And I'll bring it to you uh, with a satanic lens lent over it. Uh, let's go ahead and move on into Creature Feature. I don't have a drop as of yet, but I am working on it, so um, enjoy this for a moment. Alright, welcome to Creature Feature. As I mentioned at the top of the show, today I'm going to be talking about Californication. Um, the main star of Californication is David Duchovny. You may recognize him from The X-Files. That's right. Fox Mulder. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I have this little thing. Uh, you know, some people have uh, sort of a top five list. And this is the list, if you're in a relationship, you and your significant other have a top five of people who are normally out of reach that, if given the opportunity, would be okay if you cheated on them with this top five. And this is usually done just because you consider it out of reach. So what's the harm in just sort of goofing around and doing it? Well, I, I, I decided to turn that a little bit on its head out of fun um, and do my top five and five. So my top five heterosexual, because I'm a heterosexual man, and my type five homosexual, if I was a homosexual man. And this is gen honestly out of fun. Um, a, you know, any homosexual can do it and have a heterosexual top five. Uh, man or woman, it doesn't matter. It's just for a bunch of fun. But I bring it up, because David Duchovny is on my top five. That man's got some attitude. And the only reason why he's on my top five, really, is because of his acting in Californication. So what is Californication? Um, Californication is about an author named Frank Moody, who's sort of fallen out of his writing career and struggling with his personal relationships, because inside he's really just sort of a child. Um, he reacts very childlike, which is probably why I have an affinity for him, uh, because he does things that I wish I could still do and still get away with. But in reality, no one can successfully act the way he does in the show for any significant length of time, um, because there are genuine consequences to the actions that he takes that you, you don't, you're going to find in sort of a little mini-drama. Um, the show is on HBO's, I'm, I'm sorry, the show is on Showtime on Sunday nights, we are in the middle of a season right now, and it's shaping up to be good, baby. Um, Frank Moody has a wonderful daughter, and this is actually how I first got into this show. I heard um, a little monologue the daughter did in one of the episodes um, about Satanism, and it portrayed it in an open and honest way, um, and as far as memory serves, a very factual way. But like I said, it was just a short monologue, and like with any fucking media... Um, outlet, the parents sort of shake it up, oh, she'll grow out of it. Um, and the show never really addresses it from that point on. Which is fine, because the monologue that they did 
introduced me to this fantastic show, and since I haven't regretted it at all, it's, it's really great. So I highly recommend Californication. Um, it is debauchery. It is hedonism. It is humor. It is sex. It is affection. It is excitement, and it is definitely worth the watch. Californication. Uh, before we get into the bizarre of the bizarre this week, I would like to sort of um, give you references on where you can find more about Satanism, uh, if you're interested. Of course, first and foremost is the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. If you have any interest, uh, it would be the first place to start. If you're a digital junkie, I would certainly uh, ask you to check out the church or just churchofsatan.com. Um, that is the church's official website. There's a fantastic social network um, at satannet.com. It's called the Undercraft, but it is at satannet.com. And you can also check out a nice um, Letters to the Devil message board where you can get in contact with other Church of Satan members, including myself. There's also a couple Facebook groups. Modern Satanism, uh, there's the unofficial Church of Satan Facebook group, but it is unofficial. Um, and what else? You can always check me out on Ustream. Uh, if you want to check some online radio streaming or podcasting, I would, first and foremost, even above mine, recommend Radio Free Satan. This is chock full of fantastic um, radio literature and music. Uh, humor and commentary. It's it's a really great resource, um, and I highly recommend it uh, to anyone interested. And not even in sameness, just in you know quality entertainment. You certainly check that. Um, all right, so uh, I haven't received anything from anyone about the bizarre, the bizarre, but I did make a new drop, and I got more embarrassing stories about it from myself that I'm uh, more than welcome to share with you because. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't like hiding anything from anyone. Um, and certainly if it comes to embarrassing myself, I'm quite okay with it. So, let's uh, hear this creepy-ass drop I made. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the bazaar of the bazaar. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Like, in the background, there's this track where I'm doing like this little goose, like... Mwah. It's just like this absurd sort of obnoxious sound that's coming out of nowhere. Oh, it's great. And I gotta tell you, the amateur nature of all of this, uh, for some reason, really attracts me to it. Alright, anyway, Bizarre the Bizarre. Have you ever, in the most intimate moments, with whomever, and in this situation, I'm going to assume you're a guy and you're with a girl. Call out another man's name. I have. <laughs> and it is as embarrassing as you would think it would be. Uh, but I'm not just going to leave it there. I'm going to explain this because there's a rational reason behind it. Even though that rational reason doesn't mean shit to the person you're with at the moment. But I'm going to explain it anyway. Because I feel like if I just left it at that... I might lose the last listener I have on this thing. Alright, so I'm in the Army. Uh, we are in Georgia. I am in advanced individual training, and I am getting my ass busted by work details. 
there's a bunch of people in the immediate area that I'm hanging out with. Um, and you sort of grow this bond with soldiers. Um, there was one I was really kind of close to named Bishop, who, um, you know, we had similar taste in music, and he was just an interesting individual. Um, and uh, we had finished our exhaustive day of, of work. I went off base because I lived off base at the time um, uh, to my girl, and uh, obviously I'm exhausted. But if someone comes up to you and says they want to be intimate, or they want to have sex, I'm not going to be the guy to turn them down. <laughs> I know at some point in a relationship, that stuff dwindles off with most people. And I am going to seize hold of it while I can before that dwindles off. So we are thoroughly engaged in indecent activity. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. And I'm literally drifting off to sleep. Like, I'm so physically exhausted. And when I fall asleep initially, uh, like, I'm still sort of awake, but I'm seeing things in my head, things that had happened during the day. Like, that, I'm just reliving stuff that's happened during the day. At the same time, I'm fucking. So, I see Bishop, and my wife obviously knows this person, um, and, and, like, I call out, Oh, Bishop! <laughs> and I probably didn't say the O, oh, but for entertainment's sake, I said, oh, Bishop. And, like, it's like a fucking car coming to an immediate stop from 100 miles an hour to bam, just stopping dead. And I suddenly wake up and realize what just happened. And I hear, what? <laughs> from uh, my girl? And my heart jumps up into my throat. I'm like choking back. And the good, smart thing to do would have been to explain why I just said what I just said. But I don't always do the good, smart thing. And in this case, I certainly didn't. So instead of just saying, I'm sorry, baby, I fell asleep, and taking the fucking tongue lashing that would have come with that, which might not have been such a bad thing mid-sex, um, I lied and I said, haha, just kidding. And I know she knew I was fucking full of shit. That I, you know, it was a total mistake. But the fact that I lied about it, and then I know she could see it on my face, because I, like, wouldn't look her in the eye for the rest of the encounter, and, and, yeah, and I said the rest of the encounter, that's right. We finished. <laughs> like, shit like that. Well, you could walk in, poke my butt cheek, and I will, I will not stop. I am not going to stop <laughs> for anything. Uh, just because, like I said before, man, I, one, I love sex. Two, you know at some point it's going to dwindle off, so take it while you can. And three, I, I just keep going. I don't care. You know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'm like a train man. I will just keep moving. As long as I'm not thrown off the track, <laughs> I will stay in that general direction. Um, yeah, so horribly embarrassing. And being the, the idiot like I am, I certainly told Bishop the next day, which was a huge mistake. Uh, because it quickly spread around. So yeah, that was the story about me calling out another man's name during sex. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, um, that's all I've got for you this week. 
I hope you enjoyed it. I'm at uh, about 39 minutes, um, so I'm right in the area that I want to keep this on a regular basis. I hope I didn't bore anyone. Um, I am going to try to tighten up the delivery as we go forward. I'm going to get a little more creative with the drops into each section. I hope you enjoyed it. For this week, my name is Adam Campbell. You've been listening to Nine Cents. And until next week, hail Satan.